church. My wife's family didn't go up in church. But this morning, while we sung, I never shall forget the day. Oh, yes. I heard my little girl singing at the roof. Top of her lungs. Yes, preacher. Uh, we've always prayed that the Lord would save her at the earliest possible age. We prayed that from the time she was in the womb. And uh, she's got an order when she prays, Brother Josh. Yeah. She wants to pray herself, and then she wants Daddy to pray, and then she wants Mama to close. Yeah. And uh, we were praying the other night, and I, she prayed, and I prayed. Mama started praying. Jesse prayed as we always do, Lord, save her at the earliest possible age. And she's only three, she'll be four in December. But she's around God all the time. Amen. And that's on purpose, amen. Amen. Uh, and she's not around dead religion. I said she's around God. Amen. Amen. And uh, there's a lot of things in her life I can't control, especially as she gets older, but I refuse to let her go to a dead church. Amen. 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 It's going to be enough for the poor of the world, the flesh of the devil, oh. to pull your youngins out of here. The least you can do is make sure they go somewhere where God is. Amen. 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 Uh, but uh, she's around God all the time. And, Here's people praying and preaching. Mama prayed that like she always does. And we've said amen and I can see the little wheels was turning and rather that she said, Mama, what does it mean for Jesus to save me? Yeah. And we explained that in the best way we could to a three-year-old. And just ask God to look over and right. and uh the next night she went to pray and she prayed to this and that and another and she said, and Lord please save me at the earliest possible age. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I don't know what happened after that because I was somewhere else. Yeah. Well, bless his lovely Tell it, preacher. And um, it's good to be here this morning. I'm not going to talk a lot about me this morning, but I will say this. I, and Brother Josh and Brother Dax know this, but I have a lot of physical issues and a lot of things that go on. And uh, This morning I, I was coming to Sunday school and my back wheel busted. And we just had all kind of trouble with that. And... Uh, I've been really tired the last several weeks and really don't know why, but anybody ever woke up already tired tomorrow? That's where it's been the last several weeks. And I knew that I was coming to preach for one of the best preachers in America. Somebody help me right there. And uh, I wanted to be on my A game. But I got up this morning and I said, Lord, I just don't feel good. Tell it, preacher. You don't have to help me. Tell it, preacher. And uh, we got out to the car. We're letting the lamp come down to get in the car. Blakely was standing there. I just said, Lord, you're going to have to help me. And all of a sudden, that little girl said, 
Tell me a time. <laughs> yes. Tell me a time. Oh yes. Woo! She turned toward me and put her hand on my arm and said, "Tell me a moment." He was able. And then she just turned around and got in the car. Yeah! Smile. Smile! Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Hey. Hey. Neighbor, neighbor. Hey. 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 He sure is! Bless you! Hey! Yeah! Hey. Glory to God! Bless his name! Oh, yeah! Get open your Bibles with us this morning. Second Corinthians chapter number twelve. Oh, preacher. Good. Second Corinthians chapter number twelve. I'll give me and you both a moment to find our places. Because this is not what I planned. But I'm trying to mind the Lord this morning. Yes. Thank the Lord for a godly way. Yes. <laughs> Got a good. Yes. Amen. I told him the other day, Brother Josh. <laughs> I said, honey, I think I, I've got a young preacher that's been going through the some, and I said, I think I'm going to ask him if he wants to start going part-time and yeah. driving the some and trying to lighten your load. And uh, she just let me talk. <laughs> and she said, you do whatever you feel in, but I would appreciate <laughs> since it's what I do for the Lord. Well. If you just left it like it is. Amen. Yes. Bless the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter number 12. Y'all gonna have to give me a minute. Most people that are in my condition or Sitting at home somewhere in a nursing home waiting wow. on somebody to bring them lunch. <laughs> and I'm preaching in Stillwater Baptist in London, Kentucky. Yeah. And I don't ever want to get over it. Hey! <laughs> Plant careful as much hey. as myself and Brother Josh and Brother hey. Dave preach. We can get in the routine of it. Yeah. And we can lose the wonder before yeah. whatever come by and pluck us up out of hell. Oh, yeah. And put us on some gold meat and clothes oh, yeah. and put a King yeah. James Bible on the oh, yeah. and let us preach the word of God. Amen. I say bless you. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah, glory oh, yeah. to God. Second oh, Corinthians yeah. chapter number 12. Verse number 7, the apostle Paul said, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation. 
that was given me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That word rest right there, it means the tabernacle. If you want to know how I'm making it this morning, I found out that the Lord would camp out right in the middle of your suffering. Amen. And we've just been camping together for years. Amen. The Lord comes and camps out right in the middle of my suffering. And that, that's how we do what we do. Amen. If you've got him, you've got a miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. That's his lovely name. But he said, Therefore I take pleasure. And infirmities and reproaches and distresses and infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Now what we find here in our text is that the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul, uh, he's just recounted the, uh, the, the, the privilege that he was given to ascend the third heaven. Right. He saw it. Yes. And uh, he saw things that were not lawful to be uttered. Right. Uh, can, I, can I run a rabbit right here? That means heaven is for real, is not for real. Right. <laughs> You're not going to make me believe, neighbor, that. Uh, God wouldn't let Paul say this, and then all these other people are going to get to come back and write books. Right. I, I'm just going to go with the book. Amen. Come on. Uh, heaven is for real. It's not for real. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, but uh, the, the Paul has been in the heavenlies. Uh, and if we're not careful, uh, we'll get so comfortable with our blessings that uh, right. we'll quit seeking the blessing. Right. And if you were the Apostle Paul, saw all that he's saying it'd be real easy for you to lose your focus now how do you know that because we're so blessed that oftentimes we lose our focus amen and uh, God can give us so much and if we're not careful we'll say look what I've done look where I am and we'll get to thinking we're doing mighty good Uh, listen I got up this morning and I got up in my wheelchair and I said Lord I was hoping to feel better than this. I sure do need you this morning. You're going to have to help me. And the Holy Ghost spoke back. And he said, that's the way it always is. You always need me this much. But we can end up in the heavenly so much we forget that. We can end up so blessed we forget that. There's been a whole lot more praying going on in this present economy. Right. <laughs> I kind of wonder if it ain't a sovereign act of God myself. Come on, preacher. Let it preach it. Blame it on whoever you want to. 
But I believe the Lord knows that in America, most Christians have fell more in love with the blessings than the blessings. Oh, yeah. And it's right. I notice that sign. It's not about you. It's about him. Hey. How much of our music is more about our blessings than our blessings? Oh, yeah. Think about that. How much of our testimonies is more about our blessings than about the blessings? Right. And so God says, I'm going to give Paul this thorn. And the Bible said, Brother Josh, said it's something that he besought the Lord. And that means to beg. Yeah. He begged God to take it away. <laughs> yes. It was a messenger of Satan that bucketed him. Mm, exactly right. Now, we're going to bring the message in just a minute, but I got to lay the groundwork. <laughs> yes. That word buffet, it means to pound repeatedly, to beat repeatedly. Anybody in here ever been through a season in your life, you just felt like the devil was absolutely beating you to death? Amen. That word messenger of Satan is the same word that we would use for angel, so it would have to deal with a demon or a fallen angel. I don't know what Paul's thorn was. But I do believe there was demonic activity that God allowed involved. And Paul said it in another place in Romans 7, when I would do good and evil is always present. Right. No doubt he was fighting hell by the acre, Brother right. Dax. And no doubt he got weary. No doubt it felt like the devil was about to beat him to death. And by the way, we ain't talking about somebody that was half in, half out. Right. We're talking about the man who said, for me to live for his Christ and yeah. to die is gain. Yeah. He was sold out to the cause of Christ. And yet he was in a constant oh, warfare. Yeah. And he said the death was about oh, to beat me to death. I've got this thorn and I cannot get any relief. Yeah. Right. Exactly right. We don't know what that thorn was. Some men say that it was blindness because he said in the book of Galatians, you see how large a letter I've written unto yeah. you. Yeah. Some people say that it was this or that. Some people say that it was depression. Oh, I tend to kind of believe that myself yeah. because he talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 that he was pressed out of measure above strength. Right. Yet so much that he despaired a life. Yeah. Right. So I have no doubt that he dealt with depression. But I don't know what the thorn was. Right. And I believe there's a reason that he didn't tell us what the thorn was. Because if he had, we would look at the promises and principles of this passage. And we would say, yeah, but Paul's thorn was this. So that don't apply to what I'm going through. But he concealed the identity of that thorn so that I could look at this passage. And say there was help in Paul's thorn. Amen. They was helping Paul to be. So they'll be help for me. But in the beginning of our text, he's begging the Lord to take it away. And by the time you get down to the end of this passage, he said, therefore I take pleasure. Right. Now that word pleasure means to look well upon. To be pleased with. Or watch this now. To be thankful for. How do you go? From begging God to take away the thorn to saying thank you. If God will help us this morning, I want to preach to you on this thought. Thank you 
for the thorn. Thank you for the thorn. Father, I love you. I thank you for being so good to me this morning. Thank you for your presence in this place. God, thank you for Stillwater Baptist Church and Brother Josh Griffith. And Lord, what a friend he is to me. And I beg that you'd help me this morning not only to uplift our Savior, but to feed my friend's people. And I yep. pray, God, in Jesus' name, that we would leave better than we came. Yes. And Lord, we'll leave with a greater appreciation Lord for the thorns in our lives, knowing that you have a purpose working it all together. Help us now. I pray, Lord, you'd encourage the saying of the angel out of the sinner. Yes. We'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, as we deal with this thorn, we think about uh, when we think about thorns, we think about uh, roses on a thorn bush. That's not what this is. Uh, if you study out the meaning, it's more like a tent stake. And so it's like somebody's taking a tent stake and beating him to death over and over and over. And I just can't find any relief. I ask you again, has there ever been a season in your life where it felt like the devil was just beating you up and it was over and over and over? Have you cut down the relief? Have you started to wonder things like, what did I do to deserve this? And then you say, well, why don't the Lord stop it? Right. Oh, Lord. It's like you're being beat on every side. I asked the Lord the other day, Lord, why don't you fix something health-wise? I've got used to not walking. I can handle that. But all this other stuff, if you ain't going to fix all of it, could you just fix one thing? Have you ever been through a season in your life where you just said, Lord, could you just fix one thing? There's so much going on, and there's so much going on, and I'm so overwhelmed. Could you just fix one? Yes, amen. Brother Dax, the Lord asked me a question. I'm still trying to figure out how to answer. I don't know about you, but I talk to him, and he talks to me. Amen. That's what the Lord said, Brother Josh. He said, if you had to choose between my touch and good health, (laughs) what do you want? (laughs) If we had to choose between him making us, between him making us better, yeah. and knowing him better, what would be choosing? Mm-hmm. So, how does a person that's being beat to death by the devil with a gigantic thorn go from begging God, please take it away? To say, Lord, I just come by to say, thank you. For the very thing I beg you to take away, Lord. For the very situation that I beg you to take me out of, thank you. Why would I be thankful for the thorn? I'm going to try to hurry this morning. 
But I'm going to try to mind the Lord. Number one, can I say, deflates the thorn, deflates our pride. Twice in our text, he said, lest I should be exalted above measure. And I've already told you, as blessed as we are, and as good as he is, and as good as we've got it, we'll get to thinking, man, I've got this. I've got it going on. Everything's fine. And right. we'll forget how much we need the Lord. Amen. And so the Lord will allow those storms, those situations to come in our lives to remind us that we ain't it. We don't have it all together. We cannot do it on our own. It deflates us of our pride. You say, why is that important? Because James said that he resisted the proud, but he giveth more grace to the humble. Amen. Where there is an abundance of pride, there is an absence of grace. There's a lot of people trying to figure out why the Lord's grace is not more evident in their life. Listen, you can be full of Him or full of you, but you can't have those. You and I face the choice to be full of Him or full of ourselves. But where there's an absence, where there's an abundance of pride, there's an absence of grace. But glory to God, where there's an absence of pride, there is an abundance of the grace of God. Boy, it's good. And we all need grace. And grace and pride can't live in the same place. That's right. You're preaching. So God has to allow us to go through things that will drive that pride out of our lives. There ain't too much room for pride when somebody's got to help you tie your shoes. Come on, preacher. And I wish it was different. But if it was, I wonder if I'd rely on him. I wonder if I would have a reliance upon his grace the way that I do now. What if I was just going about my merry way like some of you? Come on, boys. Help us, Like I didn't need him. And I had it down packed. Hey, hey, hey. When me and Jesse got married, the day of our wedding, Brother Josh, before everything got started, I stole away in a corner in that church by myself. And I said, God, you know I can't take care of her. So you're going to have to take care of both of us. I said, Lord, if we make it, it'll be by grace. Y'all see where we are this morning? Yeah, I'm full the rest of the year. Yeah. Calendar's full for the rest of the year, already looking into next year. Well, I had to tell four people no the other day for the same week. Sounds like God to me, 
Amen. And I told him if we made it, we'd make it by grace. Yes. And we're living on grace this morning. We're living in grace this morning. We're living by grace this morning. Yes. But my Lord has called me to realize I don't have time for pride. I'm going to have it all. Oh, yeah. And God has sent that thorn into our life. I know you'd rather the beating stop. I know you'd rather the war be over. But if it was up there, you may not know just how bad you need him. And those thorns come in our life to deflate us of our pride. Can I say, secondly, we can be thankful for the thorn because it drives us into his presence. <laughs> Here's what he said, Brother Josh. He said, I besought the Lord. Yeah. Yes. Can I say anything? Yeah, it Unless you get down to business in prayer, is a good thing. What about anything that makes you be more than casual in your prayer life. My, my, my. We're so casual in our prayer lives. But those thorns, those hard things, those trials, all of a sudden we're not saying, Lord, would you bless this? Lord, would you bless that? All of a sudden it's more like, oh, God, help us. Help me. And it drives us into the very presence of God. Because when he got to begging God, he didn't lose his thorn. But I tell you what he gained. He said, and he said unto me, and it's in red, which means the Lord Jesus showed it. He didn't lose his thorn, but he gained God's presence. What about that? Hey, hey, hey. It'd be nice to lose the thorn. But I'd rather gain his presence. Yes. Can I ask you a question? Best I can tell when he tells this story, he is not in church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How real is God's presence in your life outside of this church? <laughs> and by the way, we've heard this passage preached a lot. Yeah. But best I can tell... When God gave Paul all of this, he was all by himself. Yeah. How is your all by yourself life with God? Well, how often does God show up when you're all by yourself? Yeah. It's easy to worship and praise in right. here. But maybe God has sent the thorn into your life so you would learn to appreciate the Lord all by yourself. There's nobody else around. I'm thankful for the time that he shows up with the brethren. But what really keeps me going is the times that I'm all by myself. And I'm begging God to do something. And the Lord of glory shows up. And I'm all by myself. Yeah. Except I'm not. 
I had to stay down on the floor because I couldn't go up steps, of course. And then people was walking to the choir, and half of them was just popping bubble gum like we're just here, you know. We're just going through the motions. Yeah. Come on. And the Lord said, look at them folk. They don't even care that they're here, hardly. But they're walking to the choir. And meanwhile, you... The devil said, meanwhile, you're doing your best. And you can't even tie your shoes. And Brother Josh that morning, everybody around me shouted. And I couldn't even lift my head. And I just, we finished the service. And I just had led my best friend from high school to the Lord. Three weeks before, right in the middle of the darkest time of my life. And uh, he had drove me to church that morning. And he said, we've got to hurry. We've got choir practice at 4.30. I said, I ain't going to choir practice. He said, okay, we're just going to go to the 6. I said, no, I ain't going to 6 o'clock either. I said, I ain't going to church tonight. As a matter of fact, I ain't sure that I'll ever go back at all. <laughs> I said, everybody in there shutting the house down, enjoying the blessings of God. And I said, I feel like the demons of hell have been dancing around my bed, and I can't get no relief. And everything's just getting worse, and I'm doing all I know to do. I don't know if I'll ever go back. <laughs> now, I should have known better than that. A mature Christian sitting with a man that had been saved three weeks should not have said those things. But the same Holy Ghost that lived in me that had been saved all of them years lived in my friend that had just been saved three weeks. Right. And we started going down the road, Brother Dax, to get something to eat. And I seen him looking up toward heaven. And he was saying something, but there wasn't no words coming out. And tears were coming down his face as he looked up toward heaven. I asked him later, I said, what did you say to the Lord? He said, friend, I knew it wouldn't do no good to talk to you. So I just started talking to him. Amen. And begging God to help my friend. And he said, I've only been yeah. saved three weeks. But he said, I got more specific that I ever have in my life. He said, I said, God, when we get out of this car, do something as soon as we get out to prove to him that you are on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went and got something to eat. We went and got a, we was going to go to Barnes and Noble, look around at the bookstore. I love history. We was going to get a cup of coffee. And uh, we was looking around and I still had on my son to go to meet clothes. And Daddy told us to never go nowhere without a gospel track in our pocket. Amen. So here I am, backslid, mad at God, mad at the church, mad at everybody with a pocket full of gospel tracks. Yeah. <laughs> right before I got in the door, Brother Josh, I told my buddy, I said, here, take his tie. He said, why? I said, because I don't want anybody talking to me thinking I'm a preacher. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to see nobody. I'm taking his tie off. But I forgot to give him the gospel facts. And we went through the door. And uh, there's a young lady sitting there reading a the book in the floor in the middle of an aisle. 
And the Holy Ghost said, give her a gospel track. And I said, not today. That, that's probably going to require talking to her. I ain't doing it. And then I rolled by her again a few minutes later, and the Holy Ghost said, give her a gospel. I said, not today. And I rolled by the third time, and the Holy Ghost said it again. And I did what a lot of y'all do. I said, okay, if you'll get off my back, I'll do it. So just to get the Lord off my back, Brother Josh, she's sitting over on the floor. And this is how I did it. She's reading a book. She's sitting on the floor. I didn't say, good afternoon. God bless you. Can I give you something? I said, and threw it in her lap and rolled away. That's what I did. And dare her to say anything. I said, man. I got about two or three hours over. And she started hollering. Hey! Hey! Yeah. My buddy said, she talking to you. I said, no. She sure ain't. I ain't never seen her before in my life. And there's all kinds of people in here. And I got another aisle over and she said, hey! My buddy said, she's talking to you. I said, no, she ain't. She said, hey, preacher! He said, I told you. I told you. I said, there's all kinds of people in here in suits. And she could be talking to any one of them. She ain't talking to me. About that time, one of the workers from the Barnes and Noble come around. She said, hey. She said, there's somebody rolling around here in a wheelchair. And he gave me this pamphlet. And I need to talk to him. I need you to help me find him. Amen. Brother Dutch, still on in the Holy Ghost. I said, fine, I'll go talk. <laughs> and I went over to Brother Josh. And tears was running down her face. And she said, I ain't from here. And I've never heard this story quite like this. And I've lived a wicked life. Bless you all. She said, I'm wicked. And I need to know if God loved me this much. Yes. God's so gracious. That when she asked that, the presence of God filled that bush store. And God put the level on me. <laughs> when I tried to tell her about Jesus and she made an altar out of one of the chairs in that coffee shop and got saved by the grace of God <laughs> and we got ready to leave and she said wait a minute preacher she said I need to tell you something she said I've been giving these pamphlets before lost people call them pamphlets we call them tracts she said, I've been given these pamphlets before. She said, but I always either threw them away or left them where they lay. And I said, why did you take mine? <laughs> and I will live and die and never forget what she said. She said, because I could not be mean to a man in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> God broke my heart. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, all of a sudden, I got real thankful for the thorn. Oh, because the power of God had been displayed. And all I did was sit here. Amen. He used your thorn, break it. 
So three or four years go by, almost done, three or four years go by, and I've just preached a revival that lasted 42 days, got on a plane, flew to Rwanda, Africa, stayed three more weeks, preached seven times a day over there, and I'm coming home to South Carolina to start yet another revival meeting, and I got jet lag. I don't know how many folks have ever had jet lag, but it's real hard to feel spiritual when you got jet lag. And I hate, I hate to be late. I hate it. I'm not having a nervous breakdown because it was late this morning. I, I, I can't stand to be late. Mom and Daddy used to serious about that too. They told us if you told somebody you was going to be there at 7 and you show up at 7.05, you lied. I can't stand to be late. But I was running late. I got off that plane, changed my clothes, and I told my buddy, same fella driving me, I said, I'm hoping that the Holy Ghost is going to show up. But until then, I got to have something. Stop in there at the bookstore and let's get the strongest cup of coffee we can find. Because I'm done. I stopped in there, and Brother Josh, I'm looking around, I'm already late, and I'm looking for somebody to, to serve me a, a, a cup of coffee. And I said, How much is a cup of coffee? And nobody answered. And I said, I said, Hey! Those preachers, we ain't always real spiritual. <laughs> Especially in coffee shops and restaurants. Um, I said, how much is a cup of coffee? And finally, somebody that I could not see spoke from behind the counter and said, it's free. I said, listen, I just got through preaching 42, 42 nights in a revival. Preached three weeks on the other side of the world. And I'm late for revival meeting and I got jet lag. Under God, wherever you are, please just get up and fix that cup of coffee. I've got to go. Bless you all. And she said, Preacher, it's free. I said, Come on now. Just, just, I said, You ain't, I said, I just asked for a regular large cup of coffee and nobody's even got up and I'm talking to somebody I can't even see. And she said, Preacher, I said, It's on the house. And when she said that, Brother Josh, I recognized her voice. And she stood up. And that was that young lady from three years ago. And she said, you got a minute, preacher? I'm about to go on break. I texted that preacher and I said, tell the choir to sing on. I'll be there in a minute. She hugged my neck. She said, Preacher, can I show you something? She reached in her pocket. She pulled out that gospel track. Amen. What about that? God, and she said, I'll never leave home without it. And I said, can I see that? And she said, yeah, and I got to looking at it, brother. They had names all over it. Yeah. What about that? I said, who are all these people? She said, that's all the people that have been able to leave the Lord using this track. Amen. She said, now I got saved. She yeah. said, hey, preacher, she said, that name right there, that's my mama. Wow. She said, this is over here, that's my brother. She said, I've been able to see the whole family say in the last three years. And we talked for a few minutes. And I told her, I said, i got to go preach. i got to go. I'm going to be so late. And she hugged my neck. And she said, preacher, one more thing before you leave. She said, I didn't understand anything about providence. When I met you that day, 
She said, I understand a little bit more now than I did then. And she said, Preacher, I'm sure that you'd rather be standing up like me. She said, I just wanted to tell you that because of God's providence, my whole family missed hell because of him. I was going to remind you that my whole family has missed hell because you're sitting where you are. And I looked up toward heaven and said, Hallelujah. Glory to God. None of that would have ever been experienced. I wonder what you're going to miss out on. Because you'd just rather reject the, the, the thorn than let God use it. I wonder. Say, so, preacher, I can't make it with this thorn. All friend grace is sufficient. Yes, it is. It's sufficient. It, lastly, and I'm done, the thorn will deliver a different perspective. He started out begging God to take it away. And he ended by saying thank you. Several years ago, I, the Lord allowed me to go to India. Who would have ever thought that God would take a little crippled boy in a wheelchair that wasn't supposed to? Mama had to fight to keep me in regular classes in school because they said I was probably retarded by the Daxon. I never would do much of nothing. And uh, the same guy that said that had to watch me get my diploma. He had to give it to me. I sure do appreciate the Lord. The same guy that said all that had to give me my diploma. And then he had to watch me go to seminary. Yeah. And then when I got ready to go to Africa to go preach, I sent him a support letter and his wife made him write a check. Hey, man. Come on. Hey, man. But, uh, more or less go to India. And, uh, over there in India, if you're in a chair like me, you're considered cursed. The secret police followed us around for the decks for days. And the reason they didn't put us in jail is because they had never seen somebody in a wheelchair doing as much as I was doing. And they didn't know how to handle me, so they wouldn't lock us up. Amen. They, followed us, they followed us around while we preached the gospel for days. In a place where they burnt Christians at the stake. Right. Yeah. My family never knew that part until I got back home. Yeah. But I saw a man, Brother Josh, and he was crippled. He couldn't walk. And he had four floor mats somehow or another on the other side of him. He had four floor mats. And he had them tied around his legs with rope. So then his legs wouldn't get as bloody as he pulled himself down the road, commando car. And he finally got tired. And he stopped and he laid down in a ditch to rest. And I told my buddy, I said, take me over there to that ditch. Mm. They rolled me over there to that ditch and I was broke with my seatbelt. And I crawled out of my chair like a worm. And I got in that ditch. And my buddy said, why are you getting in that ditch with that man? I said, well, for two reasons. 
I kind of know where he is. And I said, second of all, but I didn't know who the Lord was. He came and got in my ditch with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I laid in that ditch with myself on one side and my interpreter on the other, and I gave that man the gospel. Yeah. And showed him how to repent of all his idols and trust Jesus. And I said, one day, friend, we'll have new bodies. Yes. And if I never see you again, we'll walk it all over on the other side. That's right. And for the first time in my life, Brother Josh, I looked back at my wheelchair and I said, Lord, I want to thank you. Yes. Yes. That is exactly the way I want them this morning. But I ain't laying in a ditch. Right. Tell it, preach your heart. Mm, thank you, Lord. Mm. <laughs> and maybe the Lord's give you that thorn this morning so you'd go from take it away, take it away, take it away. The Lord had this morning thing. Yeah. I'm done this morning with this. He said, Preacher, I don't think I can make it with this thorn. Grace is sufficient. Sir. Listen to me. Brother Buster Seaton was one of my heroes. Cried so hard when he died, Brother Dax's mama thought somebody in the family was dead. What? Yeah. He told a story years ago that during the Depression, in the family, and they had like eight or ten youngins. And they didn't have much. They lived off their land. And they lived off what they could grow. And they had a milk cow. And they had one glass. And they would draw a line, sister, around that glass. And each kid could drink down to their line. But you couldn't have no more. Then you had to pass it on around the table to the next step. The youngest sister got sick and had to be put in the hospital to have something. And when she come out of surgery, they brought her a, a big old plate of food and it had meats and vegetables. And it was the biggest glass of milk she'd ever seen. She got to looking at that glass of milk. And she said to the nurse, it ain't got no lines on it. <laughs> the nurse said, what do you mean? So she explained how at home resources were so limited that she just had to drink down to her line. And then she had to give it to somebody else, whether she was still thirsty or not. The nurse got to crying and said, no, baby, there ain't no lines on it. She said, you drink all you want, and if you run out, there's no where that comes from, and I can get it. And Brother Buster said, when it comes to the reservoir of the grace of God, there ain't no lines on it. Amen. Amen. Uh -uh. Yeah. Man, no lies on it. Amen. You just stick the stone of your need into the reservoir of the grace of God and drink all you need. And when you think you're about to run out, there'll be more where that comes from. It's an unlimited resource. There ain't no lies on it. Amen. And you can find yourself in a place. When instead of taking away, take it away, take it away, you're saying thank you, Lord, for the thorn. Yes. 
I'm done this morning. Maybe somebody come to the piano. We have an invitation.
the very thing that is holding you back is probably the very thing that God would use to move you forward if you'd let it. gospel tracks. I, I promote it and push it but I don't have to refill that track right back there but about twice a year. How many 